Hey, welcome to Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Greg Richard joined by Dennis Stewart. Great to see you once again, Dennis. Very good to see you, Greg. I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, I'm here with a, a woolen shirt and a coat on. And you're with a nice little T-shirt. There's a big difference. Right. I don't know what that means. It gets very hot under the lights here in the studio. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, so after a while, you okay. All it starts right. to get very warm. Oh, I see. <laughs> but it is cold outside, though. It is indeed, but very warm in here, and it's very nice to be with you. Now, Dennis, before we start off, yeah, uh, you've got a bit of a change of direction this week. Well, yeah, look, I'm going to talk about a couple of conditions or diseases or problems that we all suffer, yep. which in my practice this week emerged and quite surprisingly uh, emerge in a good way. And I want to talk about the way in which simple herbs, even simple herbal teas, can address common conditions uh, and that we can help, particularly when they're of a chronic nature. Very interesting program today, using herbs for common conditions that can be chronic and unresponsive in many cases to mainstream medicine. Okay, looking forward to it. Now, Dennis, we're doing something a bit different, as you mentioned, mm, just mm. Everyday, everyday sort of health concerns, but using herbal remedies. Yeah, look, I was stimulated to take up this topic today as a result of two things that happened in my rooms in New Lambton on Thursday. The first thing was that I <laughs> consulted a dear lady, an elderly lady with a very caring husband, who was experiencing unmitigated urinary tract infections. Mm-hmm. Uh, a urinary tract infection, we'll, we'll call it cystitis, um, is something that um, many of us will experience, but women particularly uh, experience cystitis, which is an infection, inflammation of the urinary tract, which can be an event that can be managed well by a GP if it is an event, a one-off thing, um, prescription of an appropriate medication, an antibiotic or whatever. If it's an occasional uh, incident of cystitis, and it's uh, it's treated along those lines and sorted out fine. Yep. But what we get in complementary medicine, Greg, uh, or in what you call, well, I call it complementary medicine, not alternative medicine, uh, although in this case one could say that uh, the term alternative medicine probably has a, a relationship to what I'm going to talk about. But uh, chronic conditions lend themselves to this system of medicine, hence Many of the people that I see are people that have been suffering uh, from conditions for many, many years. In the case of this dear lady, a very, very long period of time who has been consulted by very good medical practitioners, urologists, but yet experiences regularly almost uncontrollable uh, cystitis conditions. This dear lady, lovely lady, in great distress, is there anything in this system of medicine that may be useful? Well, my experience of seeking to help men and women, but particularly women, managing cystitis has demonstrated that this system of medicine can be useful in many, many cases. And in this particular case, I looked at those herbs, which for more than 40 years I've depended on, to prescribe as a means of breaking through regular, unmitigated episodes of cystitis. And so I'm just going to mention uh, for listeners out there, uh, particularly women that, uh, that battle the condition more than men, a couple of remedies that I have found most useful. They will probably not all be readily available from a health food store. They may be 
from a, a compounding pharmacist. They certainly should be from a medical herbalist or naturopath. But in chronic cystitis conditions, which this dear lady was experiencing, and I was very distressed about uh, the, con the, the consultation, the lady's state, the suffering that she had experienced and was going through. In our system of herbal medicine, we use a herb uh, called buku, B-U-C-H-U, botanically known as Barosma betulina. It's a famous remedy. In fact, before the Second World War, it would have been popularly prescribed by some uh, medical practitioners, and in fact, it's called up in the British Pharmaceutical Codex that was published an, episode, an edition of it before the Second World War. Buku as a herbal tea, and this is the beaut thing about it, Buku as a herbal tea used regularly, frequently, gets over the infection and causes the urinary system to be a lot more quiet, less infected and less inflamed. But the, the information here is that buku is best used as a herbal tea. And in herbal medicine, the Europeans use the term irrigation therapy. And I like it because it conveys the idea that some herbs are best facilitated as a simple herbal tea, which as such, if you like, flushes the urinary tract that in the case of buku sets up a very useful cleansing, antibiotic action. So for dear souls out there that are struggling with recurrent urinary tract infections, one of the things that I would recommend is that you contemplate using what's called buku tea, taking it, hopefully getting a result from it, and if you get an easing of the condition, my, my advice would be to persevere further with it in order to break through what frequently is the recurrence of the condition. Now, secondarily, and I'll be quick, in this system of medicine, there is a herb also called uveursi, U-V-A-U-R-S-I. It has always been a running companion to buku, that is, frequently, buku the herb, combined with uveursi, which is also known as bearberry, which is a herb, made into a water-based preparation that is a herbal tea, if you like, that combination, in my experience, is, is almost, almost infallible as a way of breaking through the recurrent urinary tract infections. Two most important remedies. I'll emphasize it again because I know there are many, many people out there who are experiencing urinary tract distress. And good as mainstream medicine is, not always is it capable of resolving it. And in this situation, very frequently, alternative or complementary medicine based on sensible herbs with good documentation. Now, I'm entitled to make that statement because there will be cynics out there and critics out there that would question, as they've always questioned, what I've said about these herbs and others saying, oh, they're not credible, etc., etc. They are credible for two reasons. The history of their use demonstrates that they're efficacious or useful. And in the modern era in which we live, these herbs have shown a chemistry in them that explains why these benefits occur. And it's still sad, in my opinion, and particularly after consulting this dear lady, to see suffering people of 
urinary tract infections who are not responding to the mainstream, who are chronically affected, unaware that there may be an option in herbal medicine, and those two herbs are two of the leading herbs. They should be taken on board. All right, Dennis Stewart, thank you very much. That was a good rave, wasn't it? Was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good rave, yeah. It's also those things with turbo teas as well, though. Just, it's not going to be in an instant. Well, look, sometimes it is. Sometimes okay. it's an instant. Um, the, the, the idea of using a herbal tea, as I've said, is to promote this idea of, of drainage of the system mm-hmm. and a warm herbal tea yeah. very frequently can bring about almost instantaneous relief, not cure. Yeah. Um, so uh, when we talk about using herbal teas, they should not be seen as a secondary way of using the herb. Yeah. On this program for many, many years, I have mentioned the work of the great uh, German uh, medical practitioner, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, who also was a great exponent of herbal medicine and who wrote a remarkable text called uh, Just Simple Herbal Medicine, the English translation of it. I, ha- I, I have used that text uh, in all my lecturing career and consider it as being a remarkable work. But interestingly, in Weiss's work, he brings out the European preference in many ways for using herbs as herbal teas. And in the German pharmacopoeia, which is known as a DAB, that's the abbreviation for it, many, many preparations are medically uh, determined or spoken about or written up in simple herbal teas, which I emphasise are taken in particular proportions and ideally based on boiling water which is allowed to cool and the herb to steep in it for a period of time, then taken while it's still warm, you can, in many cases, get a prompt benefit from it. Diane from Beresfield, and she's got a question about a cucumber powder that you've spoken about previously, Dennis. Hello, Diane. How are you? (laughs) Good, Dennis. That's good. The cucumber powder I think you're referring to is, is probably bitter melon. That's it. Yeah, now bit of, bit of, bit of melon does in fact look like a cucumber, Diane, and I yes. I mention that because it can be purchased as a, a vegetable from some food stores, and it just looks like a big uh, cucumber, but with little knobs or little ridges along the edge of it, and um, it is popularly. Let me emphasise, it is popularly used by um, ethnic uh, people amongst us. Um, uh, Asians, Indian people, lovely people in their culture. Uh, bitter melon is uh, part and parcel of their diet. In fact, I was visiting one of my dear long-standing uh, friends only a couple of weeks ago whose uh, son is married to a delightful uh, Filipino lass. And um, I was talking to her about it, and she told me how that uh, it's a very important part of their diet and uh, said, the next time you come, uh, let me know and I'll cook some for you. So it's, it's av- available as a vegetable, but not everyone likes it. Um, and mm. not, not all Aussies uh, have warmed yeah. to it yet, but we will probably. But I actually developed um, uh, what might be called a, a bitter melon powder. Yes, I heard that yes. on, on your show, and yeah. I only listen to you while I'm in the car. Oh, okay. Well, that's and, fine. And I also had uh, another question is, one of my friends had, um, what is it, um, not, not um, 
chicken pox together thing after chicken pox together. Shingles. Shingles. Yes. And she got it in the head. And somebody had mentioned something else about that might be good for her. Look, um, uh, you know, shing- shingles is a very uh, difficult condition um, in its acute form. Um, if, if it is managed quickly with appropriate medical therapy, it can lessen uh, the incident. But you can get what's called post-herpatic neuralgia where the, the um, damage to the, to the nerves associated with the virus lingers and causes a very painful condition to, to stay around for a while. Um, it, on the scalp, it would be difficult to use uh, some of the common preparations that are used. Uh, a very common way of, of treating uh, the condition at its uh, subacute or chronic level is to use uh, topical preparations, lotions or creams that contain a particular extract of, of capsicum. And the uh, particular extract of capsicum applied in various pharmaceutical forms has a deadening effect to some degree on the post-hepatic pain associated with this condition. It would be probably not appropriate, certainly not without medical monitoring, to use on the scalp. Uh, But sometimes, let me emphasize this, sometimes the oil of St. John's wort is useful in the uh, less serious levels of the the pain condition lingering from the episode of shingles. Um, so St. John's wort oil uh, applied to the scalp might be useful. Even there, however, it should be undertaken with a bit of pharmaceutical or medical monitoring, even though it's, a, it's in my opinion, a very safe preparation to use, but not a good condition to treat. Fortunately, in time, it will tend in most cases to lessen and burn itself out, but it can linger. Yeah, well, she's had this for, for about two years now. Yes. Where it's been the after effect of it, three and a half, just told me. Yes. Um, so, and the other thing is, I really would like to come and see you at Jewel, because I'm not a good fellow and things like that to write these down, and I am in the car, and I was wondering whether I could do that. As well. Yes, but that's fine. But look, contact the switchboard, and they will give you details of, um, oh, of where I practice. But let me just say, Jan, with reference to what you call the cucumber, I might just yeah. mention to listeners that the cucumber again that uh, was referred to here is in fact bitter melon, and bitter melon is not only a food popularly used in in uh, in, in Asia and, and other places, but it is a well-known remedy when used regularly, hence my use of the bitter melon powder, to treat particularly type 2 diabetes as a means of uh, participating in lessening the acceleration of blood sugar levels. It's not a cure, but when used with the dietary approach, it's very, very effective. If you're good on the computer, and I say this to listeners, uh, Google the uh, use of bitter melon as a useful device to help in keeping blood sugar levels stable. So you have somewhere where you can go and get this? Um, yes, you, know, you can get it from my rooms at New Lambton. All right, we've got Jan from Cardiff who rang up before and she just wants to know where can you buy the tea for the UTI that you mentioned, Dennis? Okay, Jan, look, you may well be able to pick it up 
from a good health food store. The Warners Bay people are likely uh, to have it, either at Warners Bay or in um, in in um, the uh, Katara uh, uh, outlet there, where the Vitology uh, health food store is. It's not a, unfortunately like many good herbs that have a good solid reputation of therapeutic benefit. It's not a herb that the advertising world can pick up and and promote and make a lot of money from. Now, I'm a little bit cynical, but um, it's, it's a herb with a particular use and probably not a huge market. Hence, it's not something that um, is readily available. If you can't get it, if you can't get it from your local outlets, you can always get it from my rooms in Alma Road, New Lambton. We've got Mark from Singleton. He's looking for some issues with arthritis. Hello, Mark. Uh, it's Michael. Oh, sorry, Michael. Our, our, our apologies. <laughs> how, can we, how can we help you, Michael? We apologise for that, mate. You're all right. Thanks very much. I've got arthritis from your whole body. Yes. And the reason there's not much you can do for it, but mm. I've got a lot of pain in my legs, arms, neck, back. Oh, dear, dear. Now, presumably... You're you're being uh, managed by your GP. Yeah, he gave me um, some tablets to take, but it just doesn't seem to be okay. Well, you reckon there's not much you can do for it? I just thought I'd give you a ring, see what I can. Well, look, I I would take issue with that, uh, in as much that um, arthritis is an inflammatory condition, obviously that affects the joints. Um, it what I would say is that. It is capable of being managed, put it that way, and uh, both medically and naturopathically, uh, there are remedies that have been used to manage arthritis and reduce the inflammation and the pain arising from it. I'm going to surprise you, Mark, when I say that two of my uh, most favourite remedies uh, to work with arthritis, particularly uh, in its uh, chronic form, um, first of all, and this might surprise you and listeners, I'm a great fan of the oldest remedy known, the oldest remedy known to reduce inflammation, particularly associated with the joints, and that is willow bark. Now, not many, peop- not many people realise that willow bark has been used for not just centuries, but for a couple of thousand years and is documented in the literature as being useful. The British Herbal Pharmacopoeia is the, is the Bible of modern herbal medicine. And if you were to look at a Salix alba, which is the botanical name for willow, or willow bark, you will find that I'm right when I talk about its use as being anti-inflammatory and analgesic. So it is a useful remedy, which is usually readily available from a, a good pharmacist that may stock it as a capsule, I prefer it, however, to be used as a herbal tea. I've been talking about herbal teas all day so far. A herbal tea is a simple way of you, of turning the dried herb into something that can be taken and a hot water extraction of the herb, uh, when taken when it's cool, can convey the therapeutic potential of willow bark. It can also, and in Europe... Uh, this was popularly done during the Second World War, it was popularly prescribed with a herb called silver birch. 
Silver birch is uh, a very, very well-known northern European herb with quite incredible uh, anti-inflammatory potential. And during the Second World War, when drugs were not available in many parts of Europe, European doctors during that period of time reverted to using uh, herbs as a means of treating their patients when they couldn't get some of the drugs that had previously been used. And one preparation was a herbal tea based on willow bark and silver birch. And a, a very famous uh, Scandinavian doctor, Dr. Wehrland, W-A-E-R-L-A-N-D, wrote an article about that combination of willow bark and silver birch in his book entitled Rebuilding Health which I've read with great interest and are used during my many, many years in, in this system of medicine. So in, in, in bringing to a head what I would be recommending, despite what's out there in the marketplace uh, in health, from health food stores, pharmacists and herbalists, I still argue that a good, simple, inexpensive way of harnessing two well-known, reliable remedies that have proven themselves in reasonably recent times is a blend, a herbal tea blend of willow bark and silver birch. Uh, If you stay on and give the uh, receptionist um, uh, an address, I can send you a paper that I wrote on the uh, silver birch birch and, and willow bark tea, which will encourage you to see that it may be useful in helping manage your arthritis. Okay, right. Thanks very much, because I'm, I'm getting worse. And yes. Well, look, would you, my view, Mark, is um, as we get on, we've got to fight against these things. And there's, I don't want to sound over-optimistic, but in my view, um, there's always something that can be done in order to alleviate or provide a better outcome. Now, that's a big call. But um, we have to, um, as we get older, fight against these things and use what things are out there. Sometimes these things are not known or unfortunately are sceptically looked at uh, by Western mainstream medicine. Not all practitioners of mainstream Western medicine would be as sceptical as maybe others would be because with reference to these two herbs, they are very, very well documented with good science behind them. And I come back to the point, as we get older, we're going to get chronic conditions and arthritis will be one of them, but you can fight against it. And there's a combination to start with would be using willow bark, silver birch as a simple, inexpensive herbal tea. If you contact me, I can provide you and any listeners with information on it. We've got Diane from Adamstown. Now, her brother's having a chemo and now his skin is itching. Yes, he's um, actually had, he has um, melanoma cancer mm. and um, he's had quite a lot of, he's had a um, couple of operations removing lymph glands. He's had um, different chemos and he's also had radiation. Um, he did have cellulitis, which he mm. has gotten over. Good, good. But... but they think he has um, perhaps um, golden staff on his skin oh and he's having a lot of skin issues with itching all night and he's not sleeping. Mm. And Dennis, I was wondering if um, 
you could um, recommend any natural um, cream or um, that he could rub into his skin that doesn't have chemicals in it that may help soothe his skin? Look, yeah, that's uh, that's a very good question, and anything I'm saying here, Diane, uh, before it's enacted, should be run past his medical managers. Uh, yes. You know, have great respect for our medical profession. Now, look, one of the things that might be useful, and I say might be useful, um, is to topically, that is to use as a lotion, um, preparations uh, that are based, if you like, on pine tar, Pine tar is is a an extract of the pine bark, if you like, and uh, that pine tarsal. Yes, uh, yes. Used to use yeah. that. Look, I am one of the uh, devotees of, of of that preparation because, as a young man, I suffered uh, hideously when I was studying engineering in Sydney from from eczema, and right. the the thing that allowed me uh, to continue my studies to live on on the smell of an oil rag uh, was the, the to regularly use pine tarsal preparations as a means of addressing the itch that characterized my condition um, it may be something useful it's readily available from our pharmacies uh, I have not seen or know much about your brother's conditions all I can say is that itch conditions do sometimes respond very well as far as soothing symptoms are concerned with the various preparations of that particular product you mentioned. Uh, the, the, the other thing that I think needs to be also brought into the equation is um, we have lost, I believe, the, the known benefits of um, simpler preparations, preparations like uh, calamine lotion, for instance. Now, cal calamine lotion is simple, it's inexpensive, it's worthwhile giving a try to the condition as a means of perhaps soothing it. There are two things, preparations based on the benefits perhaps of pine tar and secondly, looking at the potential of the very simple and safe preparation of calamine lotion. That's very simple info. It may or may not be any of use to you, dear brother, but I'd certainly recommend you discuss it with his doctor. Right. He have, they have just given him um, steroids yes. um, in the last couple of days, which has made a fair bit of a difference. Now, that's oral, oral, oral prednisone, is it, that they've given oh, him? I'm not sure what it okay. is. He just said he's on steroids yeah. Yeah. now and much that, better. Oh, look, sometimes that has to be reverted to. If, if one is suffering a hideous experience of an itching skin. Um, I know with my uh, eczema 40, 50 years ago, occasionally oral uh, steroid would have to be used in order to break down the hideous experience of the itch associated with that condition. But unfortunately, uh, steroids, as useful as they are, as useful as they are, can't be taken indefinitely, as your doctor would know. But as a means of getting some relief, hopefully until the condition takes up, I can see that's a pretty good therapy. It's Health Naturally on 2 in your RFM. Dennis, time for one more call. We've got Roy from Cardiff, whose mum has shingles. Uh, yes. Yeah, Dennis. Hello. Um, How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, How are good. you? I'm very well. That's good. Uh, look, mum's been suffering with shingles. Yes. Um, she's had it for probably a fortnight now. Yes. And and um, 
her blisters and everything have seemed to be healing up nicely okay. and what have you. Yes. But but she's still in considerable pain. Okay. And yes. We. We were we did have her on Panadol and Nurofen, sort yes. of, uh, you know, um, alternatively yeah, yeah. throughout the day. But yeah. one of, somebody told her not to take the Nurofen, and now she's struggling a bit with the pain still. And I was wondering, okay. is there anything well, you can recommend? Where is Mum's uh, shingles? Where is um, it? It's under her breast and gone up under her arm. Okay. Look, there there is a preparation that the pharmacist can supply you with called Zostrix, Z-O-S-T-R-I-X. Now, Zostrix... Z-O-S-T-R-I-X. I think that's the spelling of it. Yep, it's yep, a, It's yep. a pharmacy product, and rightly so. It is based on capsicum and yep. is not, is used for what's called post-herpatic neuralgia. It may Beautiful. not it may not be appropriate for for your mum. The pharmacist will tell you, uh, right? But it is something worthwhile because it has a good reputation. But sometimes it can function as an irritant. This is why I'm suggesting that you discuss it with your doctor or your pharmacist. And if right. you if you were to use it, use it on a patch test first to make sure that she has tolerance for it. Okay, patch test first. But again, pharmacy or doctor, uh, let them manage it for you. But Zostrix is a useful thing to consider. Beautiful. Love your work. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Dennis. Appreciate it. Good on you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all we've got time for this week, Dennis. But you're still next week. You want to look at psoriasis? Well, well, I think we'll take up what we started, looking at cystitis. That's it. Further simple remedies, not psoriasis, is a big difference. You're learning, <laughs> Greg. I'm and look, I would thank this. you for bringing in this bottle of uh, Reaper paste, an extremely hot capsicum preparation. Best of luck. It's a lovely <laughs> gift, but I probably won't be here next week as a result of trying it. <laughs> Dennis Stewart, thank you very much. Hopefully you're back next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.